Hi, this is Nara Bonafidi with Good Faith Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, I Was Made for This, where we will be talking about identity, things like finding your real purpose and how God has an awesome plan for your life. Discovering who you really are, what you were made for, and becoming who God has created you to be is true freedom. So I invite you to join me as we explore and talk about God's goodness, His unique plan for each of us, and how we can experience victory in our lives. Hello everyone, God bless you. And thank you for joining me today. Well, I've got an exciting podcast and the title of it is What's Love Got to Do With It? Wow. You know, there's so much that I could talk about when it comes to the subject of love. And this week we celebrated Valentine's Day and I hope you had a good one. My sweet husband brought in some beautiful flowers. No candy though, because we're fasting sugar. Imagine that on Valentine's Day. But our church has called a corporate fast, and it has been really amazing. And I'm going to be talking about fasting in future podcasts also. But, but for today, let's talk about love. Like I said, there's, there's so much to say about love. And since all this month, the month of February, my topic is matters of the heart. And as I was praying about what the Lord wanted me to say today, there were so many directions that I could go with this subject. But I want to read this. The Word of God has a lot to say about love, as you can imagine. After all, God is love. And 1 John 4, 7, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 through 8 says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So I'm going to touch on a few things about love, and then I'm going to get right into the, the meat of what I, what I want to discuss about this subject. There are basically four unique forms of love that are found in scripture and they're Greek words describing love and the first one is what I call the God kind of love and that is the Greek word agape and this, this one is the highest form of love and it defines the the perfect unconditional love of God for us for mankind and Jesus demonstrated this kind of love for us when he died on the cross. He gave his life for us. That is unconditional, sacrificial love. The God kind of love. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. The second one I want to talk about briefly is storge. I think I'm pronouncing these words right. And this is a Greek word that describes family love. And there's so many examples of this type of love in the Bible. I mean, you could just go down the list. Uh, Noah and his family, Martha and Mary, um, Jacob and his sons, Abraham and Isaac, and so on and so on. But storge is the family type of love, which I'm sure all of us have experienced to some extent. The third one is philia. 
um, again, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, this one originates from the Greek term phalos, P-H-I-L-O-S, which means beloved, dear, a friend, um, someone that is dearly loved in a personal way. Now, this is the type of love between good friends, and I've experienced that, and I'm sure most of you have too, that sweet friend, right? And it's the type of Christian brotherly love. And this type of love uh, is best explained by Jesus in John chapter 13, verse 35. And Jesus says this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, that's the, that's the brotherly love. That's the um, friend type of love or someone, you know, um, that's on the same page spiritually, that sort of thing. Okay, then we move on to the fourth one. And y'all, I am just briefly, I mean, I am just briefly, we could spend a whole podcast on just one of these, but I just want to go over these briefly. The fourth one, eros. Now, Eros is the Greek word for sensual or romantic love. Now, this is where a lot of people camp, right here. They just get stuck right here in this one. They get caught up in the romance, the attraction, the sensual, the sensual draw. And a lot of people mistake that for love. Even though it's a form of love, it's not the highest form. And actually, really, the, the Eros love, it's selfish. It seeks its own interest and satisfaction. I mean, think about that for a minute. That's true, right? The sensual, the attraction, even getting into the sexual, romantic part of it, a lot of people mistake that for true love. It's a part of it, but it's not the God kind of love, and that's what we're going to get into. So, those are the four forms of love that's found in the, in the scripture in a nutshell. And it's just a little review for some of you, and some of you, you know, you've heard these words for the first time. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's called the love chapter, right? That's the love chapter. It describes what love is, true love. But I want to focus in on verse 7, where it says, Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And that is where I want to go today. So let's talk about this. Love always protects. What does that mean? You know, I've experienced some of this um, with my husband and people I love, my friends and family. If one of my family members or friends, if they're threatened in any way, I will, in love, <laughs> protect them. In other words, I'll, I'll stand up for them. If someone is talking bad about someone I love, I'll come to their defense. And I know most of you would do the same. Now, I won't do it in a way that is unbecoming or unchristian-like, but there's something in me that will come to their rescue and seek to protect their name, their value, their character, maybe even their reputation. Now, I won't stand down when it comes to my family, my friends, and especially my husband. 
you know, you've held, you've heard that old saying, you know, I can talk about my husband, but you better not. <laughs> well, that's kind of true, but you shouldn't be talking about your husband either, right? Okay, so the other one, love, okay, we're talking about love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So the second one, love always trusts. Now, this is something I've, I've grown in. I've had to. I wasn't always quick to trust people. I don't know about some of you, but it was kind of hard for me to learn how to trust, even in my marriage. Now, we have to be wise in who we trust, right? I mean, we just don't trust everybody, and there are some people you shouldn't trust. But there's one thing that I can say with absolute confidence. I can trust God. He is faithful, and He will never fail me. People might, but He won't. So, trust is something that grows with people and with God. And I'll just tell you, there's many times that I've had to trust some people by trusting the God in them. And I know I could probably go into an explanation with that, but especially in relationships, and if, if people may fail you in some way, you know, that doesn't mean that you just write them off. There's times that you do, but there's times that you don't, and that takes wisdom to know the difference where trust is concerned. Okay, so love always hopes. What does that mean? Well, that can mean a lot of things, but here's what it means to me. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, it says Paul, and this is where Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said, Paul, an apostle, apostle, apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Jesus, our hope. Because Jesus is our hope, it's possible, it is possible to keep a hope alive in our lives. And I know a lot of people today where their hope is damaged, diminished. But we have the capability as born-again believers to keep hope alive in our marriages, in our relationships. You know, a lot of people who've lost hope have lost hope in people. They've lost hope in love. But the Word says that the Lord is our hope. In Psalm 33, uh, starting with verse 20 through 22, it says this, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. You know, I just want to say this. When, when people may let you down, and they, they probably will at some point, someone will, we have to refocus. We have to recalibrate and place our hope in him. Okay, now perseveres. Love always perseveres. Perseverance, perseverance is something that 
is necessary in relationship. It's, it's just necessary. Because there's always going to be ups and downs, peaks and valleys, especially in marriage. Wouldn't you married people agree? In marriage, if perseverance is not activated, then the enemy will see to it that you grow weary and well-doing. He will. And he'll put up obstacles that'll trip you up. You know, I was thinking about this today and I was praying about this podcast and I thought of a song years ago and some of you may remember it. It's Tina Turner's song, What's Love Got to Do With It? I just want to read just a few verses of that. It says, some of the lyrics, it says this, You must understand, though the touch of your hand makes my pulse react. That's, that is only the thrill of boy meeting girl. Opposites attract. It's physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that it means more. Than that. Then it goes on, what's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. What's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? It may seem to you that I'm acting confused when you're close to me. If I tend to look dazed, I've read it someplace. I've got cause to be. There's a name for it. There's a phrase that fits. But whatever the reason, you do it for me. Then she goes on, I've been taking on a new direction, but I have to say, I've been thinking about my own protection. It scares me to feel this way. What's love got to do with it? What's love but a sweet, old-fashioned notion? What's love got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? For those of you that don't recognize those lyrics, I just want to play just a moment, just a few seconds of that song and see if you remember it. remember that song? I do. I remember it, you know, on the radio. Yeah, (laughs) I'm dating myself when we played songs on the radio. But I remember singing to that song. What's love got to do with it? Amazing. But that's what a lot of people think. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Wow. A sweet, old-fashioned notion. How you love, your perspective of love, your love language, your family and how they showed love, your past love relationships. All of these things, they all play into how you identify with love. So, my question to you today is this. Do you love yourself? How do you identify with love? You know, to many people, To love yourself, that would be a sign of pride or self-absorption. But it's really not. It's not. 
To have a healthy love for yourself is to have your God-given identity intact. In other words, you realize that you're nothing without God, who is love. But because he is the epicenter of your entire being, you can love yourself. Because the one who is love lives in you, right? You have the capability of that. There are so many in the world today. I know. I talk to people. They have a problem with loving themselves, who they were created to be. And that is an identity issue. But even in a minute and limited understanding of his love for you, that can actually cause you to love who you are because he does right? He created you so beautifully and intentionally. You are his masterpiece. You know, I remember when I first got engaged and I was sitting in church one Sunday morning and I was looking at my beautiful ring, just admiring it. And the overhead lights were, they were just shining down on that ring in such a way that it caught my attention. There were so many glistening parts to that diamond in that ring. I mean, it was amazing. There were so many facets. And when I would turn my hand slightly, another color and facet would shine so bright that I just sat there for several minutes just admiring all the beautiful facets and colors of that gorgeous diamond. And that's how God's love is. There's so many facets to it. I'm constantly learning about his love, how he loves me, and how I am to love others. And I'm telling you, as he continues to shine the light, I continue to admire and respect, and I'm really in awe of his great love. So, nothing against Tina Turner and her hit song, and it was a mega hit song, but I disagree with the lyrics. Love is not a secondhand emotion, right? God is love. And it's, I just want to encourage you today let Him love you. Let Him love you today and show you a side of His love that you've never seen before. It'll change your course, <laughs> it'll change your world. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this today. Have a wonderful week and tune in next week. We're going to be talking about matters of the heart. God bless you.